Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Trust the Tape, the glorious return of Trust the Tape. As some of you know, and if you don't know, I hate to be the one to break the news to you. Dane Brugler has passed away from Trust the Tape. Like, he's not on Trust the Tape anymore because he relocated up to Ohio with the fam. And good for him because he's doing his work for The Athletic and it's great work. In his stead, I'm Jeff Cavanaugh, by the way, at JC1053 on Twitter. Check my YouTube page as well. Is Kevin Turner of the Ben and Skin Show on 105.3 The Fan at KT Fun Tweets on Twitter. And I welcome Kevin to the uh, Trust the Tape broadcast for the first, well, probably not the first time, but for the first time as a permanent co-host. Yeah, I think I guessed it on a couple of episodes, but I want to make this real clear right now. There's a lot of people out there who think Dane Brugler is the number one NFL draft analyst out there. There are. And those people are right. Yes, they are. Those people are absolutely <laughs> yep. right. Yeah, they are. So this is not some attempt to like, you know, reinvent the wheel here. We're gonna look, Dane passed away. Somebody had to sit there. Someone had to do it. So I got KT. And I chose to do it. But here's the thing, Jeff. You and I both follow this very closely. You and I both like to talk about this stuff very closely, and we will continue to do so for the next eight or nine months through college football season and through the NFL draft. Yeah, and so we were just sitting here talking about what we wanted to do today, and you were like, so what do we do? Kind of look back, look forward, and I said, I think the best thing to do is, and I just hit record, because I think between the two of us, it's probably our preferred way of broadcasting, that we know what happened in college football. How about we just hit record and start going? Yeah. Uh, we haven't had good football games yet, for the most part. We had Auburn-Oregon. That was fun. We watched that together. That was fun. But we haven't had a lot of competitive, good team versus good team yet. But that does start this weekend with a few games. So instead, we kind of are looking back at individual performances over the weekend. And this is not me being a fake OU fan, which I am a fake OU fan. But to me, that is the biggest storyline, is Jalen Hurts in his first game against Houston, which I don't think is going to be a good defense or anything, but accounting for 500 total yards, almost 200 of it running. And was it six touchdowns for Jalen Hurts? It was six touchdowns, and the one thing that jumped out off the screen to me was how open all of those wide receivers were at all times. That'll happen. Lincoln Riley could basically name his price if he ever wanted to leave. I had two ways to look at this, in my opinion. I, I sit there and went, I could go, whoa. A nice game. Uh, or I could go, B, man, I don't know, man. It's that Houston defense is is going to be crap. And he just hit a bunch of open wide receivers and he had time. But what I've chosen, chosen to do is go right down the middle there. It's a little bit of both, in my opinion, because there's one thing that you do see with Jalen Hurts. You see him extending plays. For sure. You see him using his feet to manipulate defenses. You see them using designs. To use his feet to manipulate yep. defenses and using pre-snap motion and doing a lot of things. So, can Lincoln Riley create open receivers? Yes. Did It's Jalen Hurts' job to put the ball in the money, and he did most of the time. So, I think you're impressed, and I think you just want to see how this evolves. Because, 
Yes, dude, he's been a Heisman candidate before. Yeah. Is it going to surprise anyone if he does it again? It shouldn't. I guess I came into this year not knowing if I considered him a real-life NFL prospect. And by the end of the year in the Oklahoma offense, I think we're – like, I have no idea. Are we going to get to the end of the year and be like, hey, somebody should use a day three pick on Jalen Hurts? Or are we going to get to the end of the year and it's like – Watch for Jalen Hurts in the middle of the first round, and I have no idea. It seems like a reach. Because my mind is telling me from his history that, oh, I don't think he can throw it at the NFL level. Then if you isolate what he did last year yeah. when he was asked to play for Alabama and you look at the start to this year, you go, oh, I don't. And he's going to have the intangibles. Mm-hmm. Like, that's coach's son, work hard, do everything the right way guy who can also run it, and how well can he throw it? And to me, that'll be fascinating to track throughout the year is what is the potential NFL future of Jalen Hurts? Now, the other, I think, biggest story is we've already lost a top 10 NFL prospect, at least according to Dane Brugler, had him at number six yeah. for the year, Dylan Moses, defense. And I don't believe they're equipped to replace him. The question is just how much better is Alabama than everybody not named Clemson? And can you just take a top 10 player away and it's no big deal? And the answer is probably. You probably can. Most likely. But that's that's just a big blow that sucks. It sucks when that happens to players, especially not even playing a game yet for a guy that, at least for Dane, was that high on a preseason draft board. And what does it mean for draft stock and... And does that mean that a guy that we thought was going to go pro is suddenly not going to go pro and have to play another year of college football to re-up the stock? And that story is just terrible. Uh, but the part of the Alabama game that was fun, and it's not much of it because they kind of started slow and they played against nobody, so none of it really matters. But the one play where Jerry Judy scored, this is crazy, and we're going to reference Dane a lot on this podcast, and I sure. don't care. Dane Brugler's work is awesome. but Because I've watched Jerry Judy play. The wide receiver at Alabama, and he's electric. Like, probably a first-round talent. Probably first-round player in this next coming-up NFL draft, which is just right around the corner, a whole bunch of months. And Dane has told me that NFL scouts think that he's like a 4-4-8 to 4-5-2 guy, which is like dead average for a wide receiver. And when you watch him play, I'm like, that's not average. He is flying. He outruns yeah. every, Like he, If he runs a 4-4-8 in shorts, he runs it in pads, too. Like, he doesn't other people must slow down because I don't think everybody out there is running a 4-7 that he's running by, but he's pulling away from guys and he's elusive and he's fast and he's explosive and it's like, okay, I trust you that he's going to test average. He don't play that way. He looks like, to me, he looks like C.D. Lamb of Oklahoma. To me, that's what I kind of see. Now, there's probably different... See, I see C.D. as like a bigger, almost possession type and Judy, like, I actually kind of see shades of Odell Beckham. Would you? Yeah. Interesting. Like route runner. And even if he doesn't test as the fastest guy ever, like he knows how to get open and, and you've he's seen him fast enough for sure. Well, you've seen him also dunk on some dudes on 50 50 balls as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, down the field a little bit as well. That's, uh, that's good. That's going to be a fun team to watch Alabama. I do know this is a year, and I guess we'll get a pretty good gauge on LSU because I will say this LSU and teams like Auburn, our, our teams, just because they're in the SEC. To kind of get over overhyped, it seems, and then Alabama dunks on them. Yeah, by the time the year's over, but this does seem like a year, and I've seen some national pundits go. You know what? LSU kind of got a, got a chance this year. Got a chance if to Joe's get Alabama. Good, 
If Joe's good. If Joe can play. If Joe is good and, and he was awesome against Northwestern, Eastern, South, whatever state college they played. I mean, Kellen Mond looked great against Texas State and you know, kinda, with A&M the other day. Kind of. So you look at all those those names and it's hard for me to go, well, Tua looks good against Duke. You know, like, I don't know. Duke's he started be, slow. Duke's going to be real bad this year. Tua started slow. Trevor who's, Lawrence looked very pedestrian against Georgia Tech. Who's your guy right now? Tua, My guy? Tua or Herbert? Who's your guy? Oh, it's Tua. Yeah, mine too. I mean, Herbert, and Tua scares the, I mean, dude, he scares the bejesus out Health of me. Health scares me. I if think he's going to get gets hurt. hurt, that bothers me a lot. I don't like my guy being a hurt guy, but I will say this, and it's like, it's it's the issues, it's the knee, it's something else, it's an elbow, you know? Right. Stuff like that bothers me, but with Herbert, the feel for the game, I just don't see it, you know? And I see There's nothing at all consistent times. about it. There's nothing consistent about it. I, one thing that you, you see sometimes, and he will make some money NFL throws, and you'll go, whoa. For sure. But I'm going back to watching him play a few times last year, and then I'll just go with a small sample size from watching the Auburn game the other night. Hell, let's let's really crank it down. How about the game-winning play? Hell Mary to the end zone, and he throws it 10 yards over the, yeah, oh, out of the end zone. Now, I'm not, not judging good. the guy on that, but I have seen him throw the ball Way out of bounds sometimes when he's like legitimately trying to keep a play alive and hit an open wide receiver. It, like last year, going back to last year, I think the feel for the game is still a bit of a question for Herbert, and maybe that'll come together this year. But you would have liked to see a little more out of him against Auburn in that game. And by the way, we should probably talk for a minute about Auburn's quarterback, Bo Nix. True freshman? True freshman. The number one recruit in the country. Well, the number one dual threat recruit in the country. Yeah, he kind of reminded me of Tebow out there a little bit. Yeah. Kind of running over dudes. Maybe a little yeah. faster than Tebow. It's weird how we say kind of like Tebow. Like I saw somebody talking about uh, Ellinger at Texas. And it reminds me of Tebow, but a better thrower. And we always use Tebow as the baseline and say the other guys are going to be better. And like Tebow's the greatest college player of all time. Or he's right yeah. there at the top of that list. You know, with Ellinger, though, I think the size makes it a, a, a difference. Maybe he's a big dude. He's like, a big dude. He ain't six three. Uh, but he's two thirty. I bet he's two thirty five. Maybe he he's, is. He's a 6'3". tank. He's a tank yeah. of a dude. I don't know what it was about Tebow that made him just such a great runner, but he was just freaking awesome in college football. In fact, Ellinger's probably a little taller than Bonix. Bonix is just huge the other night. Just watching him though, uh, I was impressed, and that was fun. Like, hey man, Auburn's not the most fun team to watch. They're not uh, at all times. Historically, they're definitely not. And I'm sitting there going, Man, I really enjoyed watching Auburn play the other night in that yeah. game against Oregon. Okay, the other thing to track this year for me, all the guys who used to play at Georgia. <laughs> right? Washington. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Hold on. Which one went where? Eason yep. went to Georgia, and now he is at Washington and had a big game to open the season. Justin Fields is at Ohio State and had a big game to open the season. And they were both going to spend their whole lives watching Jake Fromm play, and they decided they'd rather not, and so they went ahead and uh, went seeking greener pastures, and they're going to be playing all over the country now. And what if Fromm's not the best one? Like, Fromm just feels like, and in talking to a lot of people and watching him play, like, he's safe guy. Like, Fromm is, he won't hurt you guy. And maybe some of these guys who've been watching him play are going to have higher ceilings, so we will be tracking all the Georgia and ex-Georgias as the season goes on. With Fromm, and this stands out from, I guess, my earliest recollection is two years ago, um, 
when last year it was kind of a up and down year. He had broken his non throwing hand, which can't you know probably didn't affect him too much. But the thing that really jumped out at you is you go, man, is that arm going to play? And I've I've right. done this long enough, at least watched college football and thought about the draft and quarterbacks long enough to know, hey, arm strength is not end all be all. But if I was watching him play, you shouldn't go, oh my God, <laughs> he really is going to need more more arm to make it in the NFL. Sounds like Jake Browning, right? It's kind watching of a Jake Browning, Browning at Washington, you're like, I don't think so. Very Browning. You know what? You know who else I'll say? Peter, I think Peterman has enough. Peterman had that too. Yeah. Where I would go, man, does he have the arm to do this? Yeah. Uh, but again, it's all about processing, and we'll see how he looks in uh, at Georgia this year. You you bring it up a good thing, man. The fields looked great again. Ohio State played a nobody. Yep, you know, everybody played a nobody. Everyone played a nobody. Except Auburn to, to dip their toes in Oregon. the water. Yep, but fields now, looked good, man. Fields came out ripping it. He looked really good too. So I'm fascinated to see how that all pans out. I think uh, Georgia might get Alabama this year. By the way, I think they might get them. I think I love DeAndre Swift. I, I think I love all, that running back at Georgia. Swift is going to be awesome, and probably the first running back taken in the draft. I'm wrong. Bama has too many great receivers. Yeah, you're going to go back. Going to beat Judy and uh, Rugs, and no, no. It's more no. open this year, though. Like I was uh, today on the on the Ben and Skin show. Uh, I was talking about if A and M wins the games that they're supposed to win, mm. they won all the games they're supposed to win. Then they'll still lose three or four games, right? But if they went eight and four or nine and three, could that be more impressive than Texas going eleven and one? Yeah, but then Texas would be in the playoff. Yeah, but Texas <laughs> so, would still be in because that would mean that Texas uh, probably lost to Oklahoma and then beat Oklahoma in the title game, or the other way around, or whatever. So Texas would be in the playoff. A&M would be number 17, and you'd be like, I think that was more impressive. Yeah, and A&M's last two games, I believe, are Georgia and LSU. Yeah, and they've got uh, <laughs> I mean, Clemson right off the bat, right? Then they're going to get Auburn, and then they're oh, they're going to have a they're going to have a nobody, and then they're going to have Auburn, then they're going to have a nobody, then they're going to have Alabama. That just seems the nobody thing is weird to me. They got to stock up easy wins because though, right? it's like, well, I want my tune-up game, I want a free win, but I would also be like, guys, we're playing Clemson the next week. It's almost like, I don't know, I wouldn't want to go out and it's like, all right, you're going to get ready to play this. All right, let's tune it up with a game against eighth graders. And then you show up and it's the best team in the country. And it's like, this is a whole different sport. I don't know if I want to tune up against somebody who is is easy. Well, there's not a lot of pancakes in that that division, man. That's true. Or in that conference. That's true. I wish I I could have some easier. Like, Texas is going to have some easy wins that they can just say, chalk it up to, you know what, this is what it is. I play in this... This conference, they don't have that in the SEC. All right, let's look forward to this weekend. Yeah. Of course, the first thing to look forward to is who plays on Friday. you got to know, where can you get your college football fix before the weekend hits? The answer, Wake Forest and Rice. Um, Okay. William and Mary in Virginia. I'm out on that one, Jeff. And Marshall, Boise State. Okay, Boise. Boise's ranked. Boise State and Florida State was a fun game. Uh, it's kind of back and forth, and it's, I, I will admit to you there was so much college football going on that I didn't see all of that one. It's hard to see it all. It's hard to see it all. There's a lot. That was a very interesting game. But, uh, obviously, the big show. It's a big show. Uh, Texas A&M Clemson is 2.30 on Saturday. And I know they played them close last year. And I know that this podcast originates inside the state of Texas. I can't see it being a game that's within 
seven or ten points. I can't, and I know A&M fought them to the very end last year, but when it's not at your place, when you're on the road yeah. against Lawrence and T. Higgins and Justin Ross and Travis Etienne, and I, I can't see it being close, but I hope it is. It, to me, it's really more about just watching Trevor Lawrence and his receivers and what is what does Kellen Mond look like? Who is Kellen Mond this year for A and M? Yeah, uh, I I don't know how they can stay in this game, which is crazy because they did a year ago. But I do think Clemson's the best team in the country, and they're going to hit their stride, and they're going to be an offensive juggernaut. And it may not be that close, but please A and M for my entertainment value, give them a game. If this game is within that seven to ten, I think we take Texas A and M pretty seriously. Even though they are, as you mentioned, they're going to lose some games because of the conference they're in. This just has a kind of a feeling of, even last year's game shouldn't have been that close. It was a two-point game. There were some things that happened down the stretch of that game that make you go, this well, probably was going to be a ten-point game. Yeah. And it turned yeah. out being a two-point uh, two game. That, plus you moved the game to Clemson. It's just very hard for me to see A&M being able to keep this a game for longer than a half. I think you get into the third quarter, and then that's where you start to see a bit of a pull away. So, going to be fun, though. It's going to be fun to watch Trevor Lawrence. If Trevor Lawrence, is, is he has he been overhyped? But let's go see how he does against a good team and not Georgia Tech. Okay, well, just from last year, watching a true freshman, I think he's the best quarterback prospect I've ever seen. So, yeah, it'd be easy yeah. to say that's overhyped because that's my impression exactly. of him as a true freshman in college football. That's the running joke around here, around the office. Everyone's like, why is Jeff always talking about this Lawrence kid? That, that, he just threw two a, interceptions against Georgia Tech. running joke. Uh, oh, yeah, people are joking about it in the halls, man. I would like to point out that we asked for questions for Trust the Tape, which uh-huh. obviously it's been on hiatus for a while, and all the questions are about Zeke. <laughs> this is a college football and NFL draft podcast, guys. I look at the responses to your tweet looking for questions, and it's Zeke and his teammates in the locker room. Zeke's signing bonus. What size is Zeke's hat? Zeke, new contract? What's going on with Dak and Amari Cooper? This is not a Cowboys podcast. Guys, d- don't replace Zeke. Whose contract will hurt the Cowboys more, Dak or Zeke? I got d- one. What? Clay Copeland tweets in, are, are there any Longhorns players to watch for in the draft? Colin Johnson. You know, Colin Johnson was really fun to watch the other Did night. you see the sideline catch he made? That was incredible. Like, when you're six, I, look up his height. He's got to be 6'5". He's got to be 6'5". He is so long. Like, he's not 6'3". He's not no, just your he's not average 6'3". tall receiver. He's 6'5", at least. He's 6'6", on Wikipedia. Okay, and he's got one foot on the ground on the sideline, and he's not, like, laying out extended He's stepping like a long step and then catches a ball, and he's got to be five, six feet out of bounds. And he still has a foot down inbounds, which that won't work in the NFL, but in college it works. Colin Johnson, with that frame and that size, I I don't know what he'll test like athletically, and I'm scared of the big receiver. I think you are too. I fear the big receiver these days. I'm looking for the route runners and the separation guys. But Colin Johnson's probably going to be a top 50, top 60 draft prospect. And he does play like a big big receiver, oh, too. Yeah. Like You know what, guy who's he's not tall, but he's 225, 230 pounds is uh, Colorado's LaVisca Chenault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people think he's the number one, one quarter uh, he's wide receiver. He's from here. He's either DeSoto or Cedar. Is he really? Yeah. Well, I saw yeah. a little bit of him at Colorado. You know who he reminds me of? 
And it's way early to be doing a comp, you know. Treadwell. Sure no. Okay. He reminds you of Larry Fitzgerald. No. Okay, because the dreads. Well, no. It's Chenault is, yeah, he's from DeSoto. That would be borderline racist and stereotypical, and I would not do that. Okay. But watch the way he runs. There's just a... You know what else might do it? Black and gold uniform. The, oh, no. He, Careful. He, it was blue and gold in Pittsburgh. Okay, okay. 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 It was So there was a there was a throw that Montez laid one out for him, and uh, he was running this crossing route, and he got a pick play to get open. It was a blown coverage. And Montez lays it out by the front pylon, and Chenault dives to catch it. And the way he gathered it in and the way his body was torqued for him to go make this off-balance catch, even though he didn't have a defender around him, to me, I just sit there and went, God, that looked like something Larry Fitzgerald would do in his heyday at Arizona yeah. with the Cardinals. Yeah. So, again, it's early. I'm not like pretending to have watched a ton of Colorado football over the last year or so. Right. But that's an early comp for him just for fun. Okay. Just for fun. And can I can I maybe come back next week and give you a new LaVisca Chenault comp? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, of course you can. The weekly Chenault comp. Yeah, I've got him listed at 6'2", 224. So that kind of makes sense. What's Larry um, Fitzgerald? I bet he's an inch taller and the weight is similar. 6'3", 220, according yeah. to Wikipedia. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, before we keep going on... Um, individual players i did want to there is obviously the one other game to look forward to as we get texas and lsu mm-hmm. going at it you got a gut you got a gut on it oh i think lsu gets them oh K- in texas yeah kt yeah K- they are like a uh i think they're like a four or five point they- favorite even in austin but th- i mean this one this one should be tons of fun because you get that environment in austin and then I, I really think like LSU's got they have the best safety in the country by far. Delpit. Uh, yeah. Delpit's a stud. He's gonna be another one of those guys where when a safety is picked in the top ten and maybe the top five, don't be stunned because Grant Delpit is a freaking monster at LSU. Uh I really like for LSU, I think it just comes down to what kind of quarterback player are they gonna get? Like I don't know enough about Joe Burrow to know what to expect from him. Like at number six ranking, you're up there. And I just don't like it. Through one week against a nobody, he looked incredible. But who is he? Because I feel like I do kind of know what Ellinger is. I don't really know what LSU's quarterback is. This is a game that Ellinger's going to have to win with his arm. And that has been a problem when he's asked to do that a lot. And I'm not taking shots at Sam. I'm really not. Like he's sounds like you're taking some well, shots at Sam. He's earned that job. But here's the thing: so is, is him running the ball all day long? How do you think that's going to work out against LSU's front seven? <sighs> Ellinger, and the thing about got, Ellinger is they've got a corner too, dude. Oh yeah, they yeah, got yeah, a good yeah. corner. They've got a good safety. They've got a good secondary. That is a good defense. To me, Ellinger's not. It's not like he's a great runner. I think any game that you look up, like his running numbers, you're going to get like seven carries for 24 yards. He's effective. Like, right. He's, it's like it's third and two. What are you going to do when he drops back to pass and everything's covered? Like He's going to get his four yards. That he's going to run somebody over. In the Big 12. It does. That works. It that don't works. work against LSU, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, That's my gut feeling. Yeah. You asked for it. That works against Louisiana Tech, bro. Yeah. And the Big 12's bad defenses, aside from TCU. I do think Texas has, and we'll get more familiar with the prospects as we go through the year, but I do believe that secondary's got a couple of real prospects in it. So it's going to be a fun nice. game. I'm with you. My gut, my gut is with you now. The last thing that I had to bring to the table today, mm-hmm. 
is just to set people up for this college football year. Watch the receivers. Yes. I did see Dane say a while back, like, this could be like the 2014 class. Mike Evans, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry. I'm doing top of the head, so I don't have them all in front of me. But one of the greatest wide receiver classes of all time. So as you're watching the games, this is off of Dane's preseason uh, big board. You already mentioned Chenault at Colorado, mm-hmm. his number eight prospect for he the draft. Eight? Number eight. Wow. His number 11 prospect, C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb, at absolutely. Oklahoma. Yeah. His number 12 prospect, Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy. At Alabama. So we're up to three wide receivers so far in his top 50. And those are household names by now. Yes. That's good. T. Higgins. Clemson. Clemson. Yeah. Number 25. Uh, I continue to scroll. Jalen Rager. TCU. This your guy here. Is he? That uh, is my guy. Now the book on him is he's fast, right? 5'10", 195, but freaking electric. He's going to run a four three. You know, Turpin had he those, run a three. He was a Turpin was more of a, a web back, kind of running back, wide receiver type. Yeah, but Turpin, you know, he had all those off the field issues. Right. But having Turpin on the field with him seems like that had a chance to be very very dangerous. Yeah, but Rager, he's my way too early Cowboys pick at number 32 after winning the Super Bowl. Jalen Rager, that's my guy. Separator. Unless you're going to get me uh Jerry Judy to fall there. All I right. guess maybe I could take CD Lamb. Yeah, I'm taking a wide receiver. I'm replacing Randall be- Cobb and I'm going three wide with Gallup, Cooper and uh first round draft pick. Cowboys might be picking 12th, man. Uh, sir. <laughs> the hell? So Rager's number 28. Okay. The other Bama receiver, Henry Ruggs, yep. is number 30. And his game is speed. That dude can fly. Yeah. One of my favorite highlights, I don't even remember who it was last year, but he caught like a little screen pass, and he's just running straight up the sideline. And there's a safety who is probably 12 yards back, deeper than him. So he has an angle that is super easy, and Ruggs just smoked that angle. You don't see yeah. relative to a DB in big time college football a guy just like oh you have an easy angle to me let me just smoke that angle and that's what he did on that play rugs can go so unfair Alabama <laughs> yeah Alabama is very very unfair uh, and let me see Donovan Peoples Jones wide receiver at Michigan very fun to see what happens with the Michigan offense because it seems like the rumors are that Harbaugh is taking his foot off. Uh, a little bit and giving it to someone else to come in and help call plays. Let Patterson actually do what he does. So let's see how that helps because that, you know, Michigan to me is never, I guess in the Harbaugh era, era, it's never really as fun to watch as you want them to be, you know? No, because college football's turned into, like even Alabama's turned into, we're going to hang 50 on you. In Michigan, I feel like I'm watching a... Big Ten. Steelers-Ravens game from 2000. Yeah. Like, that's what it feels like. Just you got to get in the mood to watch Michigan play. you, you got to be in a real trenches mood. That's got to be how you're feeling. Let's, it's got to be the only game on in its time slot of intrigue is what needs to be. Finally, Tylen Wallace, the Oklahoma State wide receiver, Dane has at number 47. So I wasn't counting, but that sounds like about eight dudes in the top 50 are playing wide receiver. So it's going to be a fun year to keep uh, tabs on all of those guys throughout the year. And there's a bunch of other really good ones that we haven't mentioned yet. Yeah, he was, uh, the other day, five catches, 92 yards, two touchdowns for Tylen Wallace. Against That's a bad the, game for him. Against the Beavs of Oklahoma, of Oregon State. That's kind of a, a classic orange-on-orange battle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Oklahoma State and Oregon State. Football's always more fun to me when those bright orange jerseys are relevant, so... 
pulling for Oklahoma State and Oregon State to get it together. Wallace last year had two 10-catch games. Both of them were 220 yards or more with two touchdowns, and they were against Oklahoma and Texas. Oh, so wow. <laughs> he can show up against the best teams that they face. Jeff, uh, can I give you a little a little quick one, too, for Saturday? You can give me whatever you want to give me. North Texas at SMU. It's become quite a local battle. They uh, alternate. Alternate stadiums each year. North Texas against Abilene Christian, of course, was the highlight of the weekend. Really proud of my Wildcats for covering the spread. I think you owe me money. Oh, you two dollars. Although I think we also made an upright bet, so you probably you probably owe me one dollar because I think I lost an upright bet. I'll get you back one. Uh, so yeah, we're close there. Uh, yeah, North Texas SMU, man, that one, you throw out the records when those two get together, don't you? Well, I think it's interesting. To, Shane Bouchel, do you think that's how he thought his college life was going to end up? No, I think he thought he was going to start at Texas for three or four years and then hopefully go to the NFL. Don't sleep on Mason Fine. NFL I'm prospect? telling you. How big is he? He's he's tiny. How big? I mean, he's I'm taller than him. So How tall are you? I'm 5'10". So he's 5'8", five, 5'9"? Five, he's a little guy. Okay. Uh, no, I, I don't think, hate I, that. I'm I think over they, the would, they would tell you 5'11", 190 on. Which means he'll measure at 5'091". Yeah, it's probably 5'9", 180. <laughs> oh, you were about to say 160 something. I was, I was saying it was 175. Is there a line you draw on size? Because if you had no. said 160, I was going to be like, I don't know. But Just I'm a firm believer. Watch I've him seen sign the it. I've seen the studies. The heavier you are in any position group in football, the more likely you are to get hurt. So weird. So like Kyler Murray is not more likely to get hurt than Roethlisberger is. Yeah. So or Baker even. Right. right? Do, do I draw that line somewhere and say that the 160 pounder is going to get hurt because we just think of small people as being frail, even though the facts say otherwise? So he, I don't know. He had a moment last year where he took a cleat. Uh, he was well, actually part of a helmet to the wrist. It sliced his wrist. Oh. And he had the field awareness. Who had a blade on their helmet? He had the field awareness. To grab his gash on his wrist and hold it. When they've stopped the play, and he was motioning with that hand to the sideline. Get out here! This is a gash on my wrist, and it could end my life. Oh, I. But watch him sling it. End my life, and dude, it was a scary moment. Taped it up, came back out, finished the game. Well, yeah, it was a cut. Mason Fine. That's what you do with a cut: is you tape it up. Heisman contender, dude. He's gonna be. He's gonna get Heisman votes. Put it that way. Maybe not a contender. Maybe not one of the top five. They, how many places do they vote for? And is there a UNT writer with a vote? I don't know how many votes there are. Because I think, like, Michael Young got a Hall of Fame vote. What? You, Just like I, I would have voted for him. I would have been that guy. Whoa. If UNT has a vote, I bet Fine gets a... Watch him slang it. I'll watch him slang it. I'll do it. All right, that's episode one of Trust the Tape. Welcome back. KT, welcome, period. Thank you for having me, period. We're hoping to make millions of dollars on this podcast, so tell your friends who own companies to sponsor the podcast. Is there anything else you'd like to say about that? Well, I just want to give just a sh- all the money is what we're looking for. I want to give a shout-out to the Jackson State Tiger, uh, the mascot that ran on the field uh, against Bethune-Cookman. I really need to look that up because you've been talking about it a lot. You've got to see this clip, Jeff. Was he pulling people off the it? pile? Uh, yeah, or just he down actually, in there trying to figure out who had it. He actually was. In fact, well, you know what? We could do this. You know, we, I could show you the video and you could react to it live on the air. Okay, you can play it for me. Right uh, it's now. like a little extra bonus content here on Trust the Tape pilot episode and, 2019. Okay, so this is Jackson something's uh, mascot that we're going to be watching Jackson here. Jackson State. Okay, here we go. It looks okay. like we've got the tiger. Okay, here we go. We got a bomb. Scoop. Oh, he's dropping back. 
Oh, from about 30 yards out. He's going down the field. Oh, a diving catch. Oh, he might have caught it. It might have squirted out. We were wrestling for the ball. And here is the Tiger. He's in the pile. He is. He's trying to pull players off the pile. What in the world is happening with the mascot? That flag has to be on the mascot because there's no way the mascot's allowed to be in here trying to break up the pile. But he was. And now he's talking trash to somebody as he gets escorted away. Oh, wow. That is wild. That mascot must have been a walk-on who didn't make the team or something. There's no way you get that involved in the play as a mascot. Okay. And he there's no dancing. There's no way. Was that dancing after? He was dancing, dancing after it happened. He did too. escort it out? Uh, no, but he did get a 15-yard penalty. For he should have got a 100-yard penalty. You're a mascot. Stay on the sideline. It's where you belong. I would say, though, my mascot of the week to run on the field, I'm really hoping that Brutus from Ohio State gets out there. Okay. Funny the, looking guy. I hope the Georgia Bulldog gets out there. <laughs> That's pretty good. The actual Bulldog? Yeah, they don't move fast. <laughs> they move real slow. It's going to be pretty awesome. <laughs> Are everybody the, trying not to step on them? Bevo and the LSU Tiger on the field at once? Do they have a real Tiger? Yeah. Oh, God. Who would win that? Bevo outweighs him. He's got horns. Well, new, Be- new Bevo is not as active as old Bevo. The old Bevo's dead, right? Yeah. All right, right, rest in peace, Bevo, and we'll see you next week on Trust the Tape. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.